first, though, we often hear from the Chief Executive of the University Hospitals North Midlands Trust on the programme, regular updates with what's going on there in critical care and, and COVID wards and so on. Uh, that's the Royal Stoke and the County Hospital in Stafford. And someone got in touch and said, why don't you talk to the people in charge of Harplands or Leighton? And we're like, do you know what, that's a very good point. Let's go some ways putting that right today. Peter Axon is Chief Executive of North Staffordshire Combined Healthcare Trust, which is responsible for Harplands Hospital in Hearts Hill, which provides uh, mental health, psychiatry, uh, learning disability support, and uh, runs drug and alcohol services. Uh, Peter, thanks very much for coming on to the programme today. Um, we heard earlier about the number of calls to GPs about depression and mental health were way down last April in the first lockdown. Um, there was perhaps a perception that the NHS was too busy with COVID. Uh, what's it been like at Harplands? How busy have you been and how different has the last 10 months been? Yes, uh, it's uh, it's been um, pretty, pretty busy, I have to say. So we, we provide at a very basic level, two, two types of services. So we provide our crisis care uh, inpatient services, as you described at uh, Harpoons primarily, and then wider community services across uh, uh, across the sort of the broader footprint of North Staffordshire. And uh, both services at different points in time have been under more pressure than uh, perhaps they've, they've ever been before. Um, inpatient services uh, have been under pressure for two reasons. Firstly, because of, of the level of activity that they've been doing, but of course, similar, you mentioned University Hospital in North Midlands a moment ago, similar to, to those guys, we, we've had to put in arrangements to make sure that um, we are safe from COVID or as safe as we can be. So our bed base has been restricted, unfortunately, in that regard. So we've got less capacity than we would normally have. So so it's a bit of a double whammy in terms of, of bed pressure. But I have to say that the teams have coped wonderfully, um, coupled with, of course, the fact that uh, we're all at different points in time suddenly personally affected by uh, COVID, uh, given the horrible nature of the virus. So we have at different points in time had team members um, off, off ill, which has um, obviously affected uh, the capacity of our staff. So... We've had bed pressures, we've had staffing pressures, but um, we've we've coped uh, well, I would say, throughout, which is um, uh, all down to the, the nature, the resilience, the courage at times, frankly, of uh, our frontline staff, which has been absolutely amazing to see. How much capacity have you lost then? Um, not a huge amount of capacity. I, I think uh, off the top of my head, something like uh, 10%. The, the, big, the big area is um, our, what we call our dormitory areas, which are essentially a, a number of beds within a, a, an environment as opposed to single room beds. Now, we've got a programme uh, supported by central government to eradicate those dormitories over the next uh, four to five years. Uh, but right here, right now, we still we still have those dormitories. So as you can imagine, in terms of uh, risk of contraction, we have to limit the use of those dormitories. But all other areas have been uh, available and free. But it's just unfortunately the reality of that situation with the dormitories that has meant we've had to reduce our bed base by by a relatively small amount. 
Uh, when I was speaking to the chief executive at um, the uh, Royal Stoke, which is pretty much next door, you're virtually neighbours, aren't yeah. you? Both very much in the same part of town. Um, the, she was making the point, and I, I made the point as well, you know, when, when it comes to numbers and, and people coming in, um, they have their emergency department. You run something similar, don't you, for, for people yeah. who are in some kind of mental health crisis. Are you able to continue yeah. operating that in the way you would want to at the moment? Yes, so uh, the nature of that is, is as you described, people uh, are, are quite unwell when they, uh, they approach the crisis care centre. Uh, and we, we ensure day in, day out, irrespective of COVID, that, that people are, are treated appropriately, treated with dignity, respect. Uh, and um, uh, so, so we, we have a setup there that is, if you like, already essentially COVID safe uh, because of the nature of, of the service offers. So that hasn't been massively impacted other than, as I mentioned a moment ago, the, the, the fact, the bare fact that all parts of the NHS haven't been immune to the impact on our staffing levels. Um, so uh, as with our bedded areas, as with our community services service areas, the crisis care centre has had some impact in relation to staffing, but um, uh, uh, similar to the inpatient areas, they've, they've managed to be resilient and to uh, maintain that service offer uh, throughout the pandemic, which is which is great to be able to say. One thing relating to mental health, which was, I think, a big issue before COVID and has just been made worse by it, I think, is isolation and loneliness. Maybe that's two issues. Um, what effects of, of COVID and, and the way we are as a society at the moment are you seeing when it comes to people feeling isolated and alone? Yeah, so uh, there's, there's different levels, really, aren't there, in terms of uh, uh, mental health impact. And, and that's um, not, not to underestimate the, the scale of the impact, but that, that lower level of, of isolation and loneliness is, is, is a big factor. Um, and there are a variety of services out there that um, can, can support people with those concerns, third sector, voluntary sector organisations included within that. Um, the, the, the big, um, I suppose, responsibility for ourselves as a secondary care provider of mental health services is when that isolation and loneliness impacts on uh, perhaps underlying mental health conditions that are already there, which then accentuates the, the issue. Uh, and, and at that point, of course, it's important that we um, respond uh, effectively and quickly to, to those concerns. So I, I think it's, it's, it's inevitable that something like this was going to impact on on mental health uh, on the mental health of the population to 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 some extent um, key i think for for our our, our system uh, and that's the important point really uh, a system is that all partners whether it be local authorities third sector or ourselves as a secondary care provider operate in in an effective way um uh, that's at the heart of the response really ensuring that we uh, work together to support all sectors of the population. There's the uh, You Are Not Alone campaign, which yeah, I know uh, yeah. you're sort of leading on at Combined Healthcare, which again is bringing yeah. these partners together. Um, mm. What's that saying and how's that supposed to help? Yeah, so so, so the You Are Not Alone piece uh, is, uh, for me, a, a fantastic way of um, describing really to the population that... Um, there are a, a variety of organisations out there that are, are there to support uh, each and every individual, each and every member of the population in, in North Staffordshire. And that ranges 
from the obvious organisations such as ourselves through to third sector organisations, local authorities, and of course, police, housing, education. There's a variety of organisations that are available. And, and the fundamental point, um, and the words really matter, you are not alone. You know, that, that, that is in itself therapy to people to hear. But then to have access to the information that enables them to contact organizations and you know it might be just something as simple as a quick conversation with somebody that's qualified as a counselor that will help you get through whatever it is that you know is is the issue in the moment all the way through to as i mentioned a moment ago secondary care and more substantial support but the point being there are a variety of services out there that are available to ensure that each and every person gets a, a bespoke level of support and when it comes to the availability of those services, um, mm. if someone, mm. for example, want, would benefit from a, a cognitive behavioural therapy or a talking therapy yeah. or something like that, yeah. what are the waiting times like and have they been impacted by COVID? Yes, so um, the waiting times have uh, in part been impacted, I think it's fair to say. So we are trying to do a lot of our work through digital means, as you can imagine, it's um, uh, it's a uh, it's a way of accessing as much of the population as we possibly can right here right now given the uh, the level of personal risk that's out there so we are using as many digital contacts as we possibly can but rest assured that when uh, digital isn't the appropriate route to have consultations and conversations with service users uh, we make sure that we uh, make personal contact direct contact physical contact as it were with with somebody either in their home or an appropriate safe location so we risk assess each and every um referral to make sure that we uh, provide the most appropriate service to them in the moment um but yes there has there has been a, a small impact and there are certain hot spots uh, at the national level as well as local level that are, are particularly pressurized uh, and that's in part because of the increased level of of referrals, increased level of activity that's uh, occurred, as I say, both at a national level as well as local. So is North Staffordshire a hotspot then? No, no, um, no, it isn't. Okay. It isn't. Um, the bits, I suppose, that the area that uh, springs to mind is child and adolescent mental health but at a national level. Referrals have increased um, uh, quite a lot over the last six or so months. We're fortunate in that we have um, a, a unit within uh, the area that provides those uh, services um, but a number of other areas in the country unfortunately aren't quite as, as fortunate as ourselves so there are pressure points around and about but i'm really pleased to say that we we aren't uh, as affected as many areas in that regard and, and just finally peter some sort of practical advice if possible um mm -hmm. for people who are finding life really difficult at the moment and and are um finding it difficult to manage to cope with feeling mm -hmm. negative thoughts negative emotions maybe even suicidal yeah. thoughts and so on it's quite difficult to know who to turn to sometimes mm -hmm. what should we do yeah, so um, I would say initially, please do visit our website. Uh, although we're a secondary care provider of, of services, we do signpost organisations that um, provide that, if you like, lower level uh, support. Uh, and and those, those organisations absolutely are out there, the likes of Mind, Fast, 
other third sector organisations who have what I call direct access criteria, so you can approach them directly and have conversations with them uh, directly. Uh, the third sector is a wonderful resource in terms of um, social care level support for um, and they absolutely shouldn't be underestimated. So um, please do visit our website, visit the, the kind of organisations I've just mentioned a moment ago's website, the likes of Mind, etc. And the local authority um, who, who have that responsibility for social care um, also will be able to get loads of advice in relation to where to go to to, um, to, to support each and every uh, person. It's good to hear that support is out there for those of us yeah. who need it. Thanks very much for your time today. Stay safe, no take worries. care, and uh, keep up the good work at uh, the uh, Heartlands and uh, in the community as well. Peter Axon, Chief Executive of Combined Healthcare based at the Heartlands Hospital on Hilton Road in Stoke. <laughs>